0: <laughs> I'm trying to keep that blood flowing you just. Spring. Uh, well, we welcome everyone to Murrayville Baptist Church. If you're glad to be in the house of God this morning, say amen. 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 Let's all stand this morning. We want to go to the Lord in prayer. We do appreciate every one of you being here this morning. pray that you'll get a blessing from the Lord while you're here. I'm gonna ask Brother Carlos to come and open us in prayer. Good morning. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for another beautiful day. And Lord, we just pray that you'd be with us now this morning and uh you'd be with all those who are not able to be here this morning, whether it be sickness or whatever it may be, Lord, we just pray that you'd be with them. Lord be with the pastor this morning and be with the uh choir and just we just Help us to praise you, Lord, and that your Holy Spirit would reign here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. amen. Standing page number 50.
1: I'll prove someday just why I say I love a special kind when he was on the cross, I was on his mind, the look of love was on his face. On his head Blood was on His scarlet robe Stained a crimson red Though his eyes Were on the crowd that day He looked ahead in time When he was on the cross I was on his.
0: Bring it up. any tithes and offerings you can bring them at this time all right over the last see of you being here thank all of you uh church members that are here and thank you visitors for coming to murrayville baptist church i got a lot of announcements that i need to make so be sure to listen closely of course most of this you can find in your bulletin today but uh listen closely as we go through this together uh there w- on november the 19th there will be a happy pilgrims and that's for ages 45 and up Happy Pilgrim's Pancake Breakfast in our Fellowship Hall beginning at 9 o'clock that morning. And I understand Brother Derek Howard is coming to preach to us, so looking forward to that. On uh, December the 4th, let me jump down to this one. In December the 4th, early December, we're having the MBC Christmas party. There was a, uh, an add-on in the bulletin last week. And I wanted to remind you of this. This is for the entire church. This is not just a certain age group or anything like this. But this is the Murrayville Baptist Church Christmas party. It will be the December the fourth at five p.m. here at the church. And it's asking to. It's going to be a white elephant gift exchange. And I don't know why do they call it white elephant. anybody know? I'm going to start calling it Blue Elephant. We're going to have Blue Elephant gift exchange. Amen. And uh, please bring an appetizer, dessert, drink, a, white ele- a Blue Elephant gift. And the, wear your best Christmas attire. There's going, to be, there's going to be a child care provided. We will have a nursery during that time. And uh, the kids are going to be doing crafts and Christmas movie. Uh, and prizes will be given for the best and funniest outfit and the best and funniest gift. So that is on December the 4th. Everybody remember that and plan to make, uh, to make it to that. Also, uh, I was just given this. The ladies that were here yesterday during the ladies meeting, and I understand that the ladies had a great meeting together. I was so proud of my wife doing a devotion that, She's kind of out of her element, outside their comfort zone when she does things like that. But I, I was so proud of her to do that. Uh, Miss Tammy Meeks, her dad has got Alzheimer's. And there's different things you can do to for therapy. But Tammy has brought several Christmas cards and placed them on the, on the table out in the foyer. And uh, if you'll get one, sign it. Say a little something in it. And what she wants to do is give those cards to her dad. And for Alzheimer's patients, that's great therapy. And uh, anything we can do to help anyone, uh, we want to do that. So get you a card and sign it and be sure to get it back to Sister Tammy to where she can give that to her dad. Um, also, uh, <clears throat> Sister Jessica Satterfield. Sister Jessica, stand up. I want everybody to see who Sister Jessica is. This is Jessica Satterfield. She is our Sunday school. (laughs) (laughs) See, boy, you're talking about a blue elephant gift. Amen. I'll be getting one. Uh, That's Sister Jessica Satterfield. She is our Sunday school director, does a great job with all of that, keeping all the Sunday school flowing and working. But she also every Sunday morning when we gather for Sunday school, we we have someone to get get up and do a morning devotion, just to challenge us and get us all focused in unity together. And she's asked if anyone, if any of you men are willing to do a morning devotion, to please let her know, and uh, she'll she'll be sure to utilize you. So let let Sister Jessica know, and. Uh, And she'll tend to that. Also, uh, our food basket giveaway. Now, pay close attention to this. We're going to be giving and we're setting setting our goal. And we may go over if we do glory to God. But we're setting our goal to give away a hundred food baskets this year. We did that last year and we kind of put it together at the last moment. But we're setting our goal to give away at least 100 food baskets. Let me say this, if you know of any family, any person that personally may, is in need and may need a food basket, uh, let us know if you will. The day that we give them out, if you will, come and get that food box and take it to them if they're not able to come. If you know anybody that uh, is able to come, tell them to come and get a food basket. And we're going to be giving these food baskets away on November the 21st, which is on a Monday between the hours of 10 and 2. So remember that. If you want to help us, we would greatly appreciate it. But here's the deal. We still lack a lot, and uh, we got some things that we're in need of. We need some chicken broth this size, this size, the big size. Uh, We need... Instant mashed taters uh, in the box. In the box. And we need eh, big green bean cans. Amen. And we also need eggs. Uh, cartons uh, of eggs. If you can bring in some eggs. We would appreciate it. There's so much a need. But anyway, these are things that we need to, to complete our boxes. If you would help, that would be a blessing. Uh, if you don't, uh, if you can't, don't worry about it. Our church is going to sponsor this. It's just something God has richly blessed Murrayville Baptist Church, and we want to be a blessing back to this community. So uh, remember all this. Also, one, one more thing. One more thing. I need to meet with all the youth of the church and their parents right after morning service. If all of the youth and the parents are gathered right over here, right after service, uh, I'll gather and just tell you something that the Lord's placed on our heart and uh, and go through that with you. Mm-hmm.
2: See?
3: I was
0: give out Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Colossians chapter number three. We do appreciate every one of you being here. I'm thankful for this goodly crowd, and I appreciate all those that have made up your mind that you're just going to live for Jesus. Amen. Colossians chapter number three. I want to read the entire chapter this morning. Uh, I've never really considered this chapter aimed at a home, but it is. And I want to back up and I would just select certain verses from this chapter. But I want to back up and get the context of what uh, Paul is writing to us in this book of Colossians chapter number 3. We've been preaching about a growing marriage, our love growing for each other in our home, in our marriage, in our relationship with our spouse. And we want to cover some more things, and we the uh, Lord's just directed my heart to slow down with all of this. I wasn't just going to preach through my points, my thoughts, and give you the points, but I want to enlarge upon each point. And, uh, and slow down with this because the home is the foundation of our society. As goes the home, so goes our country. As goes the home, so go our churches. And uh, you're not going to be any better Christian than you are in your home. It's where it all is learned about in that home. He told... He told Timothy. He said, "Timothy, if a man doesn't understand or know how to govern his own home, how shall he take care of the house of God? And if a man doesn't learn to tend to business in a home, he'll, the church will suffer. It'll lack leadership. It'll lack uh, manhood in the church. And uh, so we want. We've been going through some things and." Uh, We want to pick up where we left off last Sunday and carry on. If you'll stand to honor the reading of God's Word. Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter number 3. We'll begin in verse number 1. He said, if ye then be risen with Christ. In other words, if you're saved. If you're alive in Christ. He said this, seek those things Which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above. Not on things on the earth. In other words set your sights high. This world's got a lot to offer. But Jesus has got a lot more to offer. I wish I could get an amen right there. Jesus has got so much more to offer us. Than anything this world can afford as she sang. Matter of fact, I'm, I was surprised and amazed at how God has ordered this service today. The songs sung that the choir sang, the songs that we sang, the song that the special that Megan just sang. God's just ordered all of this together to bring our hearts to this time. That we gather around the good word of God. He said, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your sights high. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. In other words, as the choir saying, when this thing is over, Jesus is the only thing going to matter. You and Jesus is the only thing going to matter when all of this is said and done. All of this other stuff that we get involved with down here, and we do, and it's it's called living. It's not going to matter. It's just passing. It's going to flee one day. When Jesus appears, there we are for all of eternity standing with Him. Amen and amen. So with all of that in our mind, set your sights high, aim for the highest, aim for the best. He said mortify, he tells us how to live now. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection. That means not ordinary, the affection is just not ordinary at all. Evil concupiscence and covetousness which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. In the which ye also walked sometime when he lived in them. He reminds us of who we were before we got saved. I'm glad there's a difference between being lost and being saved. I'm glad there's a vast difference between walking in darkness and walking in the light of Jesus Christ. He said, but now, but now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all in, in all. See, it's it's all Him. That's all that matters. Put on therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, forbearing. One another. And forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any. Even as Christ forgave you. So also do you. See that's high living. He started out verse 1. Set it high. The bar has been raised as high as it possibly can be raised. And he says so therefore. He said just. Shoot for, shoot for Christ. And he said this. He said. And above all these things put on charity which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also are ye called in one body and be ye thankful. Thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and and making melody, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him, wives, wives. It amazed me when I went and studied for this, this thought this morning. The Lord directed me to Colossians 3. It amazed me how the Lord first sends us, sends us up with Christ. And He tells us to set our affections up there. He's raised the bar for us. From what this world's got to offer to what Jesus has got to offer. And then He goes into these relationships. Of the home. He said wives. Submit yourselves unto your own husbands. As it is fit in the Lord. Husbands. Love your wives. And be not bitter. Against them. Let's read out the rest of the chapter. Children obey your parents in all things. For this is well pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers provoke not your children to anger. Lest they be discouraged. Servants in all things your masters according to the flesh. Not with eye service as men pleasers. But in singleness of heart fearing God. And whatsoever ye do. Do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respect of persons. Verse 18. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. I want to bring another thought to you this morning. And we're going to enlarge on this thought about the marriage. On a growing love, a growing marriage within the home, the structure of a home. I want to, want to say this, be determined, be committed to having the best marriage possible. Be committed, be, be steadfast with having the very greatest marriage you possibly could have while you're here. It's the only time you're going to be married is down here. It's the only time you're going to be living with a woman. The only time you're going to be living with a man. Make the best of it while God has given you the gift of marriage. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Then we'll bring you our thoughts for the morning. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, as we come before you, we're thankful, Lord, for everything that you do. You're a wonderful God to us, and we appreciate the mercy and grace. Thank you, Lord, for the great singing this morning. Thank you for the choir, thank you for the congregation, the special singing, all that we have already experienced with our ears and in our hearts, Lord, thank you for giving us songs, Lord, that that lift us up. And Lord God, as we come to this portion of the, the service where I must stand to preach and teach the word of God, God, enable me. Lord, without you, I can do nothing, so Lord, my whole reliance is upon you. But God, not just me, but every person that's here, open our hearts, open our ears, open the eyes of our understanding, that we might perceive wonderful truths from the Word of God. We love you, Lord, but most of all, thank you for loving us the way you do. In Jesus Christ's name, and all of God's people said, you can be seated this morning. Some some years ago, I, I sat down and I started working on a thought about the home, about marriage and began working up some things and I, I came up with six principles to having a great marriage or six principles to have a growing love in your marriage. And so I began jotting them down and I, I just, as a preacher, I just jotted each thought down and and then began working on each thought, each point, and and enlarging on it, and and trying to develop it into something that would benefit the home. And uh, the first thing that I thought about is if you're going to have a great marriage, if your love for each other in the home is going to grow, then we personally, I as a husband, and Debbie as a wife, And us married to one another. If we're going to have a growing love. A growing marriage. I've got to stay personally. Personally. I've got to stay in love with Jesus Christ. And we've gone over that. We were in it a couple of Sundays already. And how that. You'll never. You'll never really love anybody. Until you experience the love of Jesus Christ. In your own personal life. Love, the, according to the world, love is just a, an emotion. America's real bad about it because we fall in love in America. You fall in love, you can fall out of love. <laughs> and we see that experienced and demonstrated in America all the time. I, uh, I sat down, and I'll name them, I'll tell you who it was, and... Uh, I know that they won't mind. I I do premarital counseling at times, and somebody will ask me before they get married, but John, would you sit down and just talk to us about uh, marriage before we ever get married, and so I do what they call premarital counseling. And Josh and Haley Bennett were the couple. They were not married at the time, and they wanted to sit down with me and Deb and go through some things and I did something with them I've never done with any other couple. I've not done it since. But I, I sat down with them. Of course, we opened in prayer and then I asked them a question at the very outset. The very first thing I did was I looked at both of them and I said, I want to know something. Is everything okay, babe? Okay. 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 From mom And at the very outset of that That uh, Session I asked Josh and Haley both I said I want to know something What is your thoughts about divorce And kind of shocked them and It shocked me that God led me that way But I dealt with the issue of divorce at the very outset at the very I mean at the very beginning of our first consultation I said what are your thoughts about divorce of course naturally both of them said we're we're not for it or anything and if you've ever been involved in a divorce it's, it's a horrible thing I understand for anyone to have to go through and and there's no degrading no demeaning of anybody that's ever been through a divorce but God says that he hates putting Away he did Not he did not put Adam and Eve together for them to Wind up divorcing one another He said what God has Joined together let no man put asunder And the Pharisees asked Jesus at One time in Matthew Chapter 19 you can go back and read This sometime the Pharisees Asked Jesus said well Why did Moses allow for Divorce and Of course, you know the Lord. He's very pointed. He don't mince any words. He said, because of the hardness of your hearts. He said, in the beginning, it was not so. God never intended for divorce. He said, but because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses, in the law, allowed for divorce. And there are situations where uh, divorce is is merited, uh, warranted. Uh, physical abuse, emotional abuse, different things like that, but at the very outset of this thought today I want to say this that divorce should never be in the vocabulary of two married people. Amen. We should never we should never think of divorce as well if this don't work we'll just get divorced. If this doesn't work out we'll just We'll just sign the and I mean, bulletin boards, uh, uh, billboards all across the golden Plains of America, billboards, 399 uncontested divorces. And they make it so appealing and so so easy for anyone in America to get a divorce. But we should trust mm. God and his word in this matter of marriage and realize that our marriage between us and our our spouse was intended by God to last forever. It was not, we we say these words at the end of a marriage vows, until death do us part. And divorce should never be in the vocabulary of two married people. We should not even give Satan the opportunity. We should not even give our hard heart the opportunity to select divorce. In our text this morning, God has raised the bar just as high as it can be raised. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to set your affection way up there set your affection so high it reaches Jesus Christ he did the same thing in ephesians chapter 5 when he correlated the the marriage of a man and a wife to Jesus Christ and the church see the lord has set the bar so high for marriage and god shows us the 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 value that he places on a marriage. It is in high esteem in God's eyes. God loves. God sanction. God is there. God fights for. God battles for every marriage. The sad thing about it is Satan also fights and battles for every marriage. But isn't it good to know that. With all of the battles of a home, all the battles of a marriage, isn't it good to know that Christ is on the marriage side? Matter of fact, if he weren't, none of us would make it. We can't do it on our own. Men, we cannot, it's not our, you know, it's not us, you know, our manhood that gets us through this thing. And ladies, it's not your fluttering eyelashes that's going to get you through this thing. A marriage is made up of one, two, three people. Husband, wife, and God Almighty. And without Him involved in a marriage, the battles that will come, and they do come, to every home, to every marriage, they do come. The battles that do come without Jesus Christ involved in it. Will have no hope. Nothing. To rely upon. Look in Hebrews chapter 13 with me. Hebrews chapter 13 just a moment. I want to show you some verses this morning as we go through this. A great marriage is not when two perfect people unite together. But a marriage is. When two imperfect people unite together. When two imperfect people come together and learn to grow in love with each other. That's what marriage is. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. None of us in here are perfect. There's no such thing as the perfect husband. I thought women would shout right there. There's no such thing as a perfect wife. And the men are scared to shout. <laughs> Some child said, amen. <laughs> See, the children live in the home. They know. They know. In Hebrews chapter 13, the Word of God says it like this in verse number 4. Look at this. Marriage, marriage, marriage is honorable in all, in the bed, undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will tend to that. He'll judge that. But marriage, marriage, he said, is honorable. That word honorable means highly valuable, it means costly, it means holding a very high distinguished rank. That's what God sees as marriage. God views marriage in a, in a different light than Hollywood does. God views marriage in a different light than the Hallmark movies do. God esteems marriage to be so high that he said whenever he's talking about it, he said, set your affections. Way up there. And I'm talking about being committed Being determined for all of us to have a great marriage. The greatest marriage possible is possible for every marriage represented here. You can have the greatest marriage that there can be on earth with the help of Jesus Christ. You can have the greatest, your love can grow more and more and more for your spouse. Than you thought possible in your heart. When Adam and Eve were driven out of the Garden of Eden. That day. They walked into a world full of woe. And full of the wiles of the devil. The devil will tempt man. He will tempt the woman. To get mad at the other. And he'll try to get them so mad at each other his ultimate goal is to divorce that couple you think about it Adam and Eve in the garden of eden one couple one man one woman satan showed up and if he's going to if he's going to if he's that determined one marriage one home and satan entered that garden with the intent of totally destroying everything god had given, And he's still relentless in his pursuit of every marriage today. He would love nothing better than to get in my heart, in my mind, get in my emotions, get in Debbie's emotions, get in her heart, get in her mind, and get us at odds with one another to totally divorce our marriage. Look in Ephesians chapter 5. Turn back a, a book couple of books at Ephesians chapter 5 I'm sorry Ephesians chapter 6 I'm sorry Ephesians chapter 6 in verse number 12 the word of God says like, well let's look at verse 11 Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That means trickery. The wiles of the devil. The tricks of the devil. Look at this. For we wrestle not with flesh and blood. But against principalities. Against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. I sit down with two people that that have had issues and they they've got problems and they come to me and they sit down across from my desk and we begin talking and I tell them I refer them to this verse and I said listen I want you to understand this that we wrestle not with flesh and blood your issue your problem your 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 Angers that you have toward each other are not toward your husband. It is not toward your wife. I said the real battle is caused because Satan has gotten into your relationship and Satan is standing right in the middle trying his best to divorce you. We wrestle not. Get it out of your mind. My fight is not with my wife. My fight is not with my husband. My fight is with this this enemy of the home, this Satan, this enemy of my soul. That's who I'm fighting today. When you get your sights set at the real battle, there is victory for you. If all your intent to do is to fight your husband, to fight your wife, you're going to lose every time. Satan is a master at sowing discontentment and disorder. The missing the missing link in any marriage is Jesus Christ. And if we can get him involved in the marriage, there's hope for a husband, for a wife. For that marriage to become all that God wants it to be. We live in a fallen world and we are a fallen people. And fallen people are given a book. (laughs) You know, whenever you buy anything that's complicated, it'll always come with an owner's manual. You buy a car, they'll give you an owner's manual. You buy any, us men know you buy a tool. They give you an owner's manual, an operator's manual. We've been given an operator's manual of what a husband and what a wife should be within the structure of a home. And it's so sad to see, not, I'm not preaching to the world, I'm preaching to God's people. And it's so sad to see God's people. Act like we have no hope. There is hope for every home. There is hope for every marriage. There is hope for every heart. There is hope for every person sitting here. There is hope in Jesus Christ. When we set our affections on things above. I was thinking about this. Woman came from a man's side. May have been on this side where his heart is. Woman came from there. Didn't come from the head, not a bone out of the head. She's not a bonehead. She didn't come from a bone in the foot, for a man to trample over and run over. He came. She came from his side. A bone close to his heart. Matter of fact. Adam had to raise his arm. For God to get to the rib. That's why every man. When he sits next to a woman. wants to put his arm. He wants to lift his arm. See Lord sitting there. Got his arm around his woman. Because woman came from the side. To be his companion. To be his. To be his helpmeet, to be his completer in life. She came, they, they say, they tell men, the world tells men, get in touch with the woman that's on there. I got news for you. God took the woman out of me when he took Maria. Hmm. <laughs> I ain't got no woman in me. You men just get, I wish, I wish I could tell you, did you know the Miss America pageant just had a transgender win in a certain race of the Miss America pageant, a transgender? His name is Brian something, and he says, he says, I'm in this to change the world. I got news for you. He's still a man. I don't care what kind of trans he went through. He's still a man. And I got news for him. When he stands before God one day, he will not stand as a transgender. He'll stand as a man in front of God Almighty. This world's getting sick. It's twisted. And anything that they can do to destroy a family, they're dead set for it today. He made a man. I looked up the word man. I, I love studying words and their definitions and learning. I get I get more of a, a complete idea of what it means, what a word means when I study it. I looked up the word husband. But it means a man married to a woman.
3: Oh!
0: I said, yes. It means listen to this, it means to be a caretaker of a marriage. And an archaic use of the word for the word husband means a cultivator. The words used in the Bible like this at times, a husbandman. A husbandman. And you know what a husbandman is? It is somebody that tends to Things that are alive and things that grow. That's what a husbandman is. Listen to these verses. And Noah began to be a husbandman. And he planted a vineyard. Something that was alive. Something that would grow. And he tended to that growing vineyard. In Zechariah chapter 13 verse 5. It says, but he shall say, I'm no prophet. But I am a husbandman. For man taught me to keep cattle from my youth. He, this, Zechariah was over a living, growing thing. That's what a husbandman is. And I said all of that to say this. Did you know God is called a husbandman? It says in the, in the book of John 15, Jesus said this. I'm the true vine and my father is the husbandman. A husbandman is somebody that nurtures something, watches over something, makes sure that it grows and becomes all that it is purposed to be. And men, that's what God has put in our lives for us to be. We're to watch over our wives, our relationship between us and our wives. And we're to make sure that that relationship grows and and is nurtured and becomes everything that God intended for our love to be. My responsibility as being Debbie's husband. Is to make sure that our, everything is put in our lives. To, to make sure that our love grows for each other. Debbie and I have been married 46 years. And I can honestly say I love her more today. And the more we experience together. The more I love her, the more, and I know this beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know the more she loves me. You say, how do you know it? I live with her. I know she loves me. I know she cares for me. I know that even when she is nagging, I know she's doing that because she loves me. She tells me I snore and that I ought to wear my CPAP machine every night. I don't like wearing it every night. But she said, John, the cardiologist told you that you need to wear that every night that is, it's not good on your heart when you do not wear it. And I know that she's doing that because she loves me. She cares about me. You see, we when we... Realize that the love is there. We're able to nurture that love and, and make sure that that love continually grows in our lives. The Bible says for us husbands to love our wives, even as Christ loved the church, and get you see, he's setting the bar very high. And when us men see, love is not something that just comes naturally. It don't come naturally for us. Love is something that we must learn and experience. And we need to be devoted to this thought of having the very greatest marriage, the greatest home that we possibly could have. We need to be minded that we want to be the best husband. Where do we learn how to be the very best husband? We learn about it right there. The wives need to learn to be the very best wife that you possibly could be. How do you learn to become the best wife on planet earth? That book right there. Nothing else, everything else will lie to you and misguide you, but this book will never lie to you. I've never found God to misstep me one time. He's never misled me. Every time I've studied something and tried to apply it to my life, I've always found this book to be true, and it works in 2022. It works. We read it today. It says, Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Men must have some issue with that. Situation happens in the home, and the wife does something. And by the way, man and woman's different. They don't, women don't think like men. They don't act like men. They don't respond like men. <clears throat> men and women are different. And something happened in the home and the wife does something that irritates the man. Next thing you know, the man's over there on to the side. And he's thinking about all that that she said, all that, that went on between y'all. And he's getting madder and madder. And more bitter and more bitter and more bitter. It says, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Well, that means God's got to do something in us, doesn't it? It means that God's going to have to do something in my heart. If I'm going to get rid of any bitterness and anger and anything towards my wife, I've got to be sure to guard my heart to where I can love her like I should. Even though she's galled my hide and made me mad. <laughs> the Bible says that whosoever findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. If you found if you've got a wife, now I mean a wife that is godly and trying her best to live out the Christian principles of this book in your home and in your life. You ought to thank God Almighty for that woman that you've got. He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. God, God gave you that woman. God gave you that that woman that's sitting beside you. God gave you that woman who you call your wife. That is a gift from God. The Bible goes on to say, uh, live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of thy life. You see, it's not just for the marriage time or the beginning of the marriage. The ending of the marriage is the most important. How is your marriage going to end between the two of you? Wives, the Bible says that you should submit yourselves to Your own husbands and reverence them. Why? Because God placed us in a position with great responsibility. God, God put us where we're at. We didn't elect this. We didn't say, I want to be, I want to be a man. I want to be the head of a woman and I'm, I'm going to rule over her. No, 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 no. The Bible says that we're ahead of the wife. And we're to nurture her. She's a living being. We're to nurture her and make sure that her life becomes all that she possibly can be. Uh, Sister Teresa asked Debbie if she would do a devotion for the ladies meeting. And my wife has been asked to do things like that down through the years. And every time that it gets that she's asked to do that, my wife just, she gets in a panic. She gets in a, because that's out of her comfort zone. She she don't like being in front of people. And uh, and so what I did was I made sure that Debbie knew she had my support. And I said, Deb, I said, I know things like this bother you. I said, let's pray together. And we joined hands together and we prayed. And I prayed for God to make it easy on my wife to give my wife the words, the thoughts that she needed, and just prayed that God would be with my wife because I want my wife to become all that God wants her to be. I asked her several times, I said, how's it going? And earlier this past week, on I think it was like Tuesday of this past week, she worked and worked and wrote and wrote and worked and worked and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And, wrote. and she fretted over it. And, and, and uh, so she, I'm, I'm upstairs. I'm working on the, my lesson for Wednesday night. And to write out five pages, is, is, it takes a lot of time. And so here comes Debbie. And she's not noticing what I'm doing. She just flops the pages down in front of me. She says, John, would you go over this for me? I said, just a minute, Deb. I was right in the middle of a thought and then I put everything to the side that I had going on and I picked it up and I started reading it. I said, Deb, would it be all right if I read it in just a moment and then help you with it? She said, yeah, would be fine. So when I did get the opportunity, I sat down personally with her and I read through it with her. Why? Because I want my wife to become all that God wants her to be. I want to I want, to, I want her to know she's got my support. It may not be my thing. It may not be my gig. It may not be what I'm, I'm into, but it, she's into it. And I want her to know she's got all of my support, and I'm doing everything that I can to make sure her love for me grows and my love for her is demonstrated. You know what being a wife means. I looked, up, I looked up the word wife. You women ready? It means a lawful consort of a man. Well, I didn't know what the word consort meant. So I looked up the word consort, and the word consort means a companion, an intimate partner, a union to keep company with in harmony. And it meant this. a It meant a number of instruments played together in concert. Consort. A consort of a husband. In other words, a wife is to make sure that her, her life is balancing the life of her husband. She's to make sure that her life is completing and complementing the life of her husband. I think I've told you all this, and I'll use it just as a brief illustration. I'll ask my wife at times, I'll ask, I'll say, Debbie, is there anything I can do for you to make your day better, to make your day easier? I'll ask my mom that. And, And I mean it. I go in there and I say, Mom, is there anything I can do for you today that will make your day better? And mama, you know how moms are. Moms and wives have always got a list. I promise you that. The Bible says this. It says, house and riches are the inheritance of fathers. But listen to this. A prudent wife is from the Lord prudent so i looked at the word prudent that means careful in providing for the future it means wise in practical affairs y'all know what i found out being married to debbie for 46 years she's got more common sense than i got about everyday affairs about practical things of everyday run she's got more common sense than i got And she's one that I should listen to because I'm not so, I don't have a lot of common sense in everyday affairs at times. And women have just got that built into them that they've got more common sense than than men do. I know I'm going to have to fight my way out of this building today. (laughs) See, when we learn that about a woman, when we learn that about our wives, we can start, I mean, that's the Word of God. The Word of God said that. I didn't say that. The Word of God did. And when I learned that about my wife, that God's given to complement my life, I can begin listening to her and understanding she's got a whole lot more common sense about things than I've got. And I can start listening to her. Well, I better get on. Be determined. Be committed to having the very best marriage that is possible. And he set the bar high. He set the aim high. He said, here's Jesus Christ. Said, shoot for him. Shoot for the stars. I know I've given this, this illustration at times. Sis, you come on to the piano, please. Why settle for just being married when you can have a great marriage? Being married does not make you a husband. Being married does not make you a wife. Jesus Christ is what makes you a husband. Jesus Christ is what makes you a wife. Years ago, I I gave this illustration, but the Lord reminded me of it. And I want to close with this illustration Again, and then I want to say something at the end of it. At the age of 49 years old, Bill Zerbe suffered from the early onset of Alzheimer's. His wife, she's a Christian author, Becky Zerbe, uh, wrote this in a book that she wrote one time. She wrote this story. She said after a troubling season of her husband being forgetful and not remembering things. They had been married for years and years and years. And said after a troubling season of him being so forgetful. Said he picked up his journal one day and he wrote these words to her so he wouldn't forget them. And I quote. This is what Bill Zerbe wrote to his wife in his journal. He said, honey, today fear is taking over. He said, the day is coming when all my memories of this life we share will be gone. He said, in fact, you and the boys will be gone from me. I will lose you even as I am surrounded by you and your love. I don't want to leave you. I want to grow old in the warmth of memories. Forgive me. For leaving so slowly and painfully. She read those words from the heart of her husband in his journal. And she fought the tears. She cried and it tore her heart up. And she picked up a pen and she wrote these words back to him in his journal. She said, my sweet husband, what will happen when we get to the point where you no longer know me? I will continue to go on loving you and caring for you. Not because you know me or remember me, but because I remember you. I will remember the man who proposed to me and told me that he loved me. The look on his face when his children were born. The father he was. The way he loved our family i recall his love for riding, hiking, reading, his tears at sentimental movies, the unexpected witty remarks, and how he held my hand when we prayed together. I cherish the pleasure, the obligation, the commitment, and opportunity to care for you because I remember you. I read, reread that, and my thought was this. I know that I'm going to be leaving one day. I know that I'm going to be leaving Deb. And I want her to remember. She was married to a husband that loved her and cared for her and did everything I could by the help of God. Oh, I've made mistakes. I aggravate her. We pick at one another. I asked her the other day, I said, are you going to be mean all of your life? She said, "Are you going to be aggravating all of your life?" I said, "Yeah." When you're gone, what will your spouse remember about you? Shoot for the stars. Be the best husband. Be the best wife you possibly could be. and Leave those memories behind for the sake of Christ as we stand this morning. Uh, as we stand across the auditorium.